0: All right, should we get into it?
1: Yep. (laughs) You're listening to The Talk. Thanks a lot, Kevin Smith, Skeet,
0: and Slox. How you been, Skeet? Same old. Yeah. Yeah. No, are you? Uh, new. What's that? Nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you working during? Ex- except uh, for the
1: world, the world shutting down.
0: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the world uh, going completely bonkers. Yeah. Are you uh, working throughout all this, or?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm labeled as an essential worker, so.
0: And you have to go into your job, don't you?
1: um no they set me up on vpn which is nice so oh, nice yeah i'm able to vpn right on at least some of the days i was gonna some say days how, i still have to go in
0: how does that work for some of the tasks that you would do
1: um well i do have a lot of documentation stuff okay that i'm in charge of so
0: that helps and i haven't been working because i got laid off
1: oh man that yeah
0: that sucks and nothing having to do with the virus. It was entirely the company continuing their reorganization from January, from before all this bullshit started. Oh, man. So, yeah, they uh, decided that during the middle of a pandemic was still an acceptable time to continue round the layoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only silver lining is that you're supposed to be getting 100% of your pay
0: for yeah. three so, months, is it? So the nice thing was, yeah, they the way they did it was kind of weird they kept me on for an additional month but i didn't work that additional month i just got paid for it which frankly wasn't like severance and then two months severance on top of that oh that's nice and then whatever i had accrued in uh pto got paid out which i think was like 115 hours at that point oh wow i was supposed to be using that pto up through this weekend when we were going to be coming back Uh, we were supposed to do our uh, annual two-week vacation in may Oh okay. For our anniversary. Uh this year we were gonna do the mid Atlantic. So we're gonna hit up Pennsylvania and Maryland and uh Delaware and DC and West Virginia. And today was when we should have been coming home. I think it was either today or sometime last night. So obviously that did not happen, given the state of yeah.
1: the Unfortunately.
0: Well and even if we, I mean our flights were still scheduled even if we had gone like there wouldn't really have been anything to do because pretty much everything shut down. Mm, yeah. You know, kind of pointless going to DC if you're not going to be able to go check out the Smithsonian and walk around and do stuff. Yeah. But more importantly we're here to let you know that Talkspod is still alive despite <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. rumors otherwise. <laughs> I think it's actually
1: we're on life support but we're still
0: live. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's been like legit a year since we last posted something oh, i don't know i might have posted something in the fall i can't recall but yeah uh that's all on me folks uh we actually did have a backlog of stuff that was all very kind of timely and topical and doesn't seem super relevant anymore
1: <laughs> yeah that's all right Uh, but so you can you can time it by the references
0: yeah exactly i i'm I'm not sure if i'm gonna post archives of those it could be interesting to listen from a different time in a different world essentially yeah but yeah because yeah we had recorded up through what i think the 25th episode we had recorded a bunch um and there was like a whole great conversation that i had with christine uh (laughs) when you had like wandered off to work on a project or something but yeah so maybe i'll splice together like the highlights of all that stuff and put that up but the idea is uh we're recording this in theory i will have this posted sometime later tonight
1: oh nice um 18 19 we'll
0: get some out there we'll have you know justification for apple to not pull us from the podcast listing if they haven't already (laughs) i don't I don't think they I think have they
1: still have our old podcast up, so
0: <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's weird because like It was
1: like grandfathered in or something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, something like that. Here, let's see. Uh well, let me actually this is this is fun uh podcast stuff uh for you listeners. Uh nope, we're still listed there. <laughs> okay. So the last episode that was posted was May 2nd of
1: 2019.
0: Wow. Yep. That's, uh, that's all of me. I'm terribly sorry about that. Oh, we had a 5.0. What's that? Life happens. Life happens. We have a 5.0 yeah. rating on iTunes.
1: Well, that's nice. Yeah, Five stars.
0: Woo, five stars. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, did you watch uh, the Amazon Prime series upload?
1: Which, no, no.
0: So uh, the concept, it's, it's done by um, Greg something, uh, Greg Daniels of The Office. Uh, and parks of wreck uh, and King of the Hill, uh, I think it was on he produced King of the hill but um the the concept of the show is that about twenty or thirty years in the near future, mankind has figured out a way to be able to upload a person's consciousness into a server. so if you're on the brink of death, people can elect to be uploaded uh, and live out the afterlife in the digital realm hmm. uh, and it has some very uh, Great little commentary on our modern world. Like uh, when one of the main characters is wheeled into a hospital, uh, there's an entire ward dedicated to uh, vaping. There's oh jeez, the vape ward, the vaping wars. But yeah, and um, of course, you know, all, all of this costs money. So to be uploaded into the afterlife, there are different companies that offer that. Of course, Apple and Google have their own offerings, um, but the uh, the one detailed in the show is a fictional company by the name of Horizon which is very kind of close to Verizon. <laughs> very clever. Uh, their take on like the increasing annoyance of in-app advertisements and purchases uh, is very spot on, but it's a very cute Watch series. It. I
1: think I saw the commercial for that. It's got yeah. uh, Robbie Amell.
0: Yeah. Amell, the Arrow's brother. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I definitely recommend checking that out. It's a fantastic show. Uh, the first season's 10 episodes and they really leave things on a cliffhanger at the end, which uh, I'm really hoping they get picked up for a second season because I need some resolution on that. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's how they get you.
0: Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting concept. And then did you have a chance to watch Star Trek Picard?
1: No, I have not. Even though it is. Fr- is it still free?
0: I I think this month is the last month that they were offering for free or like if you sign up before the end of this month you get like still a free 30 days. Oh, okay. I would definitely recommend doing that because I've heard good well, and bad. Might as well get stuff for free. Yeah.
1: Mostly bad. That's why I've had trepidation against watching it.
0: <laughs> so it's it's very interesting. Here's the thing: it I I kind of file it in the same grouping as the JJ J. Abrams Star Trek films in that, as standalone sci fi, it's good. As it... Star Trek, I'm not entirely sure. Aren't they the
1: same producers as?
0: It is. It's uh, Alex the new movie Kurtzman. Uh, yeah, who... Kurtzman who was a producer for Abrams' Star Trek films and then is a yeah. producer on this. He's also a producer on Star Trek Discovery. And of course, CBS just announced uh, within the last week that um, Star Trek, uh, I forget what the exact title is, but it's going to be a series starring Pike. Uh, oh yeah, uh, the original,
1: Stark. quote unquote, original Enterprise.
0: Right, on the, uh, the original series Enterprise. Yeah, um, people
1: seem to be excited about that
0: yeah but i think uh, that was
1: another thing that worried me was because it wasn't it had some original people like behind the scenes from the original series but it was it more did. of like the jj universe and it it wasn't going to be episodic yeah it was going to be like a serial that's another thing that kind of worried me
0: so yeah uh star trek strange new worlds is uh the pike spin-off that's confirmed.
1: The new one
0: yeah and then they did uh these cute little seven to 15 minute long things called short treks and those are also on cbs all access hmm. and they're little kind of vignettes and little tiny stories that people were given an option to kind of tell a little slice of their own star trek world and it's pretty cool so like uh a couple of them are animated one of them very ingeniously the way it's uh animated and uh the way the story flows is very kind of interesting how they tie it into canon and then uh, there's a great one uh with h john benjamin as uh spoiler alerts a scientist who's very interested in the study of tribbles <laughs> and of course Uh-oh. this is pre uh kirk's crew encountering tribbles so mm-hmm. that was cute and fun but yeah picard It has a lot of strengths and it has a lot of weaknesses. There's yeah. a lot of plot lines that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense.
1: But could unfold into something.
0: Well, not even that. It, it, it's like things that don't really serve any purpose to the plot. And it's not so much that they're throwaway. It's, it's kind of weird to describe. It's basically like we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about this thing and then nothing's ever going to surface from it again. So yeah. it's like kind of filler that was assigned a little too much importance, I would say.
1: Is it filler with closure though? Or is it filler that's no, like obviously it, going some to... Some of it has
0: no closure. and that's, that's So gonna it's probably be...
1: going to pop up in, in uh, subsequent seasons.
0: Possibly. So the first season, yeah, is very serialized. It's a one coherent story. As a lot of reviews had said, it's basically a Picard movie. Uh, it's yeah. a 10-hour movie. Essentially, so I, I would recommend watch the series through and then watch Red Letter Media's Plinket review of Picard, mm-hmm. because he nails a lot of what I saw the movie. first,
1: the first uh, I don't know if it was a half in the bag or if it was which which guys were were reviewing it, but um, I watched the first one that they did, and that's mm-hmm. what was kind of like for me like uh, you know, my <laughs> my. <laughs> My bad suspicions seem to have maybe come true. Yeah, about how it, this series was going to be.
0: See, and yeah, I'm conflicted because it's like the story itself is intriguing, and
1: and I don't think I I don't I don't agree with it being serialized because that was part of the old Star Treks where
0: yeah they were kind of you, wa- you could watch
1: yeah you could watch any episode and still get get a pretty good idea, yeah like you you didn't have to watch previous episodes right i mean and you, like did, to, you did you yeah. did you did to get everything in the episode, right, like every little inside joke or that kind of thing, but you didn't have to to be able to enjoy the full episode
0: yeah, Craig, who of course we've had guest star on this podcast numerous times before. Um, he and I have been discussing it because so we're trying to figure out, okay, where exactly is the point?
1: Where is Craig? He should be on here.
0: I know. Uh, <laughs> I can message him and see. I don't know if yeah. we get him on in time. Um, the thing that we've been discussing, and it's something that Plinkett kind of highlighted in his review, is that up until pretty much even Voyager, there was always kind of this hopeful outlook for humanity. There was this bright thing that like okay humanity's gonna have to suffer through a bunch of bullshit for a while but then eventually everybody kind of evolves and society becomes this better more utopian environment and really kind of starting with enterprise but more cemented with the jj abrams star treks is that there isn't that kind of sense of hope it's like oh this is kind of a bleak universe and this is where like everything sucks and it's like well no the real world sucks. Star Trek is always supposed to be this idealized goal for humanity to eventually reach. Whereas, you know, the, the future of Picard without, I mean, without giving away too many spoilers is not exactly the Federation kind of universe that we grew up with and loved on next generation and deep space nine and even Voyager. It's, Kind of become grittier and more kind of political battleground, but not like. I've heard
1: it's like the Federation, oh. and even from Patrick Stewart himself, said the Federation is not the Federation of old.
0: Right. And there's a way to do that where it's okay, but the way it's done in Picard, it's like, all right, well. It, Ultimately, the conversation between Craig and I was this. I want to live in the world of the next generation. I want to live in the world of Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. I would not want to live in the world of Star Trek Picard. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to live in the Star Trek J.J. Abrams movie world either.
1: Yeah, that's and that's kind of the issue I had with it was this whole J.J. universe they've created, they've kind of destroyed what, what it was. Like, they've made it more quote unquote real and gritty, and
0: right, you which know, like we have plenty of other sci fi series that already did that. You know, we had Firefly, exactly. we had <laughs> Babylon 5, we had uh Lex, if you were a fan of that,
1: and that's you not know. what Star Trek was about, it wasn't about what made it good wasn't it wasn't lacking that grittiness you know like right it's like oh i wish next generation were just more real and gritty like nobody right. ever really it was, said it wasn't that.
0: missing that grittiness <laughs> it, yeah it i mean
1: deep space nine was probably the most gritty yeah and and like the the year in hell with the voyager right. that's probably the most gritty and quote-unquote real that it that it got
0: yeah and that was which- enough just <laughs> it's kind of funny if you uh read anything from uh Robert Beltran, who played uh, Chakotay on uh, oh, yeah. Voyager uh he would have much preferred if the entire series had played out more like you're in Hell than what we ultimately got on Voyager
1: yeah, but I think Voyager was still in kind of that star trek area
0: it was it it's still well because it still had that hope there was always the hope yeah. that the crew would eventually make it back home yeah. Um, you know, whereas, you know, I think I know works. people
1: try it. People like nowadays want more gritty and realistic and all that kind of stuff. But,
0: but I mean, if that's you want to thing. service
1: the fan base. You can't
0: we get can't change the formula already. You know, we yeah. get gritty from real life. You know, they're, they're always
1: they're always on this thing of like, oh, we want to service the fan base and we want to do something for the fans. And it's like, well. Don't change the formula if you're gonna exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna service it's like the Michael Bay Transformers movies, like
0: Right. That yeah, is
1: exactly. not <laughs> that is not for original fans. Those Transformers <laughs> movies are to try and pick up the young generation.
0: Oh man, I remember basically
1: kicking sand in the face of
0: I remember of original how fans. stupidly excited you were because we went to the uh, not opening day, but like fairly soon after the first one opened in theaters. Yeah. Uh, And you were like, you could see the child like (laughs) excitement in your face. Like, you said, I was excited
1: because Peter Cullen would, they finally put Peter Cullen in as Optimus Prime. Right. After I don't know how many years they never (laughs) picked him up as Optimus Prime.
0: You know, and you were so excited. And ironically, the the most disturbing thing in that movie to me was, and it's sad because normally I love him, but John Turturro, who normally is great. You had like a moderately serious movie where like everybody's trying to be serious, and then you had John Turturro who like was in a completely other movie because mm-hmm. he was just like this goofy, off the wall. They didn't of-
1: have their comedic guy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, Michael Bay wanted a comedic guy. Although like in the other movie, those two stupid Transformers.
0: Although uh, I don't know if you've been watching. Uh, do you have uh, Disney Plus? Yeah. All right. So uh, the Disney Gallery series uh, oh, Disney yeah, yeah, is yeah. doing a great behind the scenes of Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, and I believe it's the end of the first episode where Dave Filoni goes on like this whole thing about how like sure, 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 you can say the Phantom Menace sucked, but here's where it's important, and goes on to talk about how you know Anakin never had a father figure except for Qui Gon, and mm-hmm. Qui Gon has to die and has to die in kind of this bizarre way. For Anakin to become who he is, because mm-hmm. Obi Wan was never a father figure to Anakin; no. he was more kind of a brother like the pal. teacher, yeah. And it, it's very fascinating. Like after listening to him explain that, I'm like, okay, I can appreciate the prequels in a slightly better light.
1: It's it's funny because if if Lucas had was a better writer and could have con- could have conveyed that right, message exactly. better through his writing. Fear. Yeah, so. it would have been better about a much better movie. Yeah.
0: And it's funny because you know, he, he makes these statements and all the directors at the round table are like, this is a revelation to him. They're like, Holy shit, I never thought of that before. And again, like you said, yeah, had Lucas been a better screenwriter for those, that would have come across way better. I mean it's either
1: all- <laughs> it's either Lucas is really bad at writing his ideas or he's completely clueless and the fans are finding weird things and <laughs> connecting weird dots to make it as be, as good as they can
0: well no 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 i, either I one trust, of, it's
1: either one of the two
0: <laughs> I, I trust dave uh, Filoni quite a bit since he's essentially like george lucas 2.0 like yeah yeah you know it, as far as getting the, Wars, to the, the source worked. as possible you have lucas and then you have Filoni Like the fact that he's like, No, 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 here's what and I think he even said, like, here's what the intent was Yeah. You know, was to demonstrate, oh, Anakin never had a proper father figure. He had you know separation issues from leaving his mother behind and uh couldn't save his wife and all this stuff. And like when he when he states it it, it's so eloquently framed that you go, Okay, I see what the prequels were intending to do. Yeah. Which I mean, we kind of already knew what they were intending to do, but it, again, a lot of it got lost.
1: Yeah, in the special effects and the writing.
0: Well, I think part of it too is that Lucas is not a good editor of his own stories. You know, going back to... I
1: I feel like he was more of a businessman, and he was, at least in a couple of those movies, he was kind of saying, like in the original Star Wars part of the original star wars was hey look at these special effects that i can do
0: right certainly.
1: and then now it's like hey look what my company can do for you (laughs) like it was more of a movie for other you know production companies and directors (laughs) and movie houses saying hey look what lucas arts can do for you like we can put a a person that's completely on a green screen like there's nothing but green or blue or whatever behind him mm-hmm. and we can make it look like he's actually in this environment and they kind of still they're still on the forefront of that because um so there were there are two things that uh one and on the the because you were mentioning the gallery i watched i watched those mm-hmm. episodes they're, they're really good i think they're continuing to come out too yeah but, they're doing um,
0: an episode a week
1: yeah but uh One, I noticed that there was footage with George Lucas, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't know that George Lucas was actually brought in as a consultant on The Mandalorian, which...
0: I'm not sure if he was in a consultant capacity, because he's never credited as such, and they've been... I mean, I think think they would have been... I think knowing... Knowing...
1: What's his name? Like... He, yeah, Faloni. He kind of treats Lucas like a father figure, oh, almost. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think oh. bringing him, I think bringing him in was one saying, "Hey, look, I, I don't want to trash your legacy," which is kind of what the new movies did with under under what's her face.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, from, so that that that's one of my like- gripes, is that <laughs> is that everybody gives <laughs> Catherine Kennedy a bunch of Catherine shit. Catherine Kennedy, that's sort of, Yeah, but. Kathleen Kennedy was also responsible for all three Indiana Jones movies, all three three Future movies, Jurassic Park, E.T., Schindler's List. I mean, like, I think the thing that got properties.
1: (laughs) The thing that got me, though, was like all the footage that I saw of her that people have cut together, (laughs) where she is talking to Lucas and saying, you know hey we want to we want your legacy to move on we want your stuff to do this we want we want to do what you wanted to do we want to carry that that on without you having to shoulder the entire burden blah 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 Mm -hmm. and that's why that's why lucas gave over the license Well, he also gave it up because he got
0: like several billion dollars
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but i'm sure he was getting tired and was trying to put it into somebody's hands that would you know, right. take on his legacy. And then, you know, there were things that Lucas was saying that he wanted, you know, as far as the direction and they were just blatantly not followed yeah. at all by her. Like, and I don't know, I, I, I would obviously need to do more research on it, but cause I haven't seen a lot of it, but I have seen a lot of videos where she's saying something like she's discussing something with Lucas and then they show <laughs> like, yeah the antithesis later with you know JJ <laughs> J. Abrams where he's doing the exact opposite of what she was saying she wasn't going to do right and she's allowing it to happen like later and
0: but also like, i well, think i think part of the uh, that is that like okay they have JJ J. Abrams so they don't want to step on his toes or get in his way and i think that was something that was necessary in order for that to have worked i think they did need to be able to stand up and say eh, jj we're not going to do that because that's stupid
1: yeah but I, if you're going against my thing is is if you're going to tell somebody you're not going to do something you got to
0: stick you to. know it. just
1: yeah, yeah you got to stick to it yeah. or you don't have to stick to it but you have to give a damn good reason why you're not sticking to it right like metachlorians if if lucas it's <laughs> <laughs> or jar jar like if lucas had said you know I want Jar Jar to kill Emperor Palpatine in the last episode. You know, Yeah. that's kind of arguably. You can argue, uh, I don't. You know, you can see a lot of fan backlash on Jar Jar. <laughs> Jar Jar's not the most loved character. You know, maybe we should change that. That kind of a change is kind of acceptable if you have a good enough excuse to it. Right, Metechorians. Like, and I, I do know that that <laughs> if it were up to Lucas, he would definitely keep Metechorians as some kind of physical tangible oh thing absolutely that is linked to the force i mean I that's, think that's the, the removal that, of that and the dismissal of that was a good, a good thing
0: <laughs> yeah well and that's that's kind of the thing is that you know people can shit talk the new trilogy which for the most part i i actually i i have stated before i enjoyed partly because i don't take it that seriously i'm just like all right well did it entertain me for two hours then that's good um and that's
1: so depressing (laughs) because of that's what what it is
0: but that's what star wars originally was supposed to be it was never supposed to be this grand thing and that's also something that craig and i have talked about at length is that star wars was never supposed to aspire to the heights that it's achieved lucas then you look at the
1: mandalorian like yeah (laughs) and you go that's the way star wars is supposed to be right and even even parts of rogue one like there are a lot of parts of Rogue One where I'm like, that's the way Star Wars is supposed to be. <laughs> you know? Even well, the Han Solo movie, like, there's snippets so in the Han Solo like, movie where I it's like, like man, that's really cool, or man, that takes me back. And even the, the last J.J. Abrams movie, like, the fan service parts, a lot of the fan service parts that he did in the last movie was like, yeah, that's, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Like that's what I wanted in the last two movies. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I, mean, I still say uh, the scene where uh, Admiral Holdo uh, light speeds into the uh, Star Destroyers Yeah. The last Jedi is like fucking badass. Like, I think it would have been that
1: much more badass if it were Admiral Ackbar. <laughs> it would have had that much more meaning. Yeah. Like rather than some random character that you just met.
0: But that was Laura Dern. I mean, you gotta... Pour, you gotta yeah, but char- the character, we,
1: we just met that character. She had, what, True. maybe 10 lines of dialogue and we're supposed to feel for her that she's sacrificing herself? I don't know. But Admiral yeah. Akbar, like, all the stuff that Admiral Akbar had been through, all the stuff from Jedi, he'd been through this, the Battle of Endor. He'd seen the destruction of the first, you know, Death Star. If, if he were lost... You know, sacrificing himself. It's like, right. okay, that's a, that's a swan song that Admiral Akbar deserves.
0: Really, like, what they could have done is they could have actually, I mean, because really,
1: and Akbar's son was supposed to be in the the last movie.
0: I'm trying to remember: did Carrie Fisher pass before Last Jedi came out, or after?
1: It was after filming. I don't think the exactly movie had come out yet. The, the movie hadn't okay. come out. Yeah, the movie hadn't come right. out yet. Because what she they was coming done. back from filming. They could have I think actually
0: she was, had her be I think she one was, the sacrifice and like re yeah. like retcon it in there. Let's see, Carrie Fisher. I love how when you uh, start, I think she was, the word Carrie in Wikipedia. It automatically comes up with yeah, Carrie. Fisher. Yeah. All right, so I think she 7.
1: was I think she was coming back from uh, um. I just lost the word she was doing um you know when you come back later to you know adr or whatever oh that yeah kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, or post yeah or posts or pickups or anything yeah pickups so yeah when she yeah. i think
1: she was coming back from pickups for that movie
0: so yeah she actually passed away a full year before the release <coughs> of last jedi so release, yeah having known that they could have actually set it up been
1: able to change
0: change it so that it was princess leia <laughs> Who was sacrificing herself? Imagine like the impact of that. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, and then that could also be like kind of a tie into the last Jedi because we already know that she has the Force, and uh, as a side note, has never been tempted to follow to the dark side, despite the fact that every male Skywalker has like some huge amount of doubt. Yeah, uh, and has like a moment of weakness.
1: I think. I mean. Whoa while we're on this huge tangent, I think uh, another thing in that scene, I mean, it was really cool. It was definitely cool. And it was definitely really good. And it was a cool thing that they put in, but to reinforce the fact that how difficult that is to do, Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, Oh, Hey, there's a new death star. Oh, let's just take one of our cruisers. You know, and automate it to go light speed through the Death Star and we'll destroy it. Their problem solved. Boom. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I think they needed to reinforce the fact that how difficult that kind of a maneuver is to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that.
1: Because now okay. you know.
0: Ultimately, now, we okay. Know well, all
1: not. all the rebel ships can become cruise missiles now, and we, right, can, yeah. <laughs> you know, if something big comes along, we just light speed into it and it's destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, they did have to at least lower the shields uh, on the Star Destroyer. So they, they had to have like an inside deck yeah, that's to, true. to make sure that like that was actually going to work and that the uh, Rebel Cruiser wasn't just going to shatter on their shields.
1: Yeah, yeah. But even it just like have Poe say one line, you know, <laughs> like she's doing what? You know, that's a one in a million chance that, you know, that's even going to work. right you know just a little throwaway line in there to to say like she might be sacrificing herself for nothing like right she's taking she's rolling the dice really hard and and it's very difficult to do but you know
0: we got what we got (laughs) after
1: the fact yeah we got what we got and actually the, the last movie i i did enjoy
0: yeah i mean there was definitely a lot to it that was redeemable and stuff that i enjoyed yeah what what i mean the whole conclusion of
1: the ray thing i didn't like too much but you know (laughs) hey like you gotta fix it (laughs) as much as you can you gotta rein it back in to make to you know tie all the knots together yeah like with the second movie the knot the, there was the string wasn't even in the same room <laughs> like <laughs> and so jj had to take all these strings that were outside of the room and yeah. try and tie the knots it's kind of like uh game of thrones oh god um, game of george r. r martin uh the middle book i don't remember which the middle book is but he himself said in the middle book he's like i've got so many characters so many storylines, like i gotta start reeling this in and it's gonna take three or four books
0: which are never going to get written
1: just to reel in every I mean he's got one book left which I'm pretty sure he can he can knock out it's probably almost done but like
0: I don't know so the fascinating it took him
1: three books to reel in all the characters back to be able to do a you know a satisfying conclusion
0: I mean Craig uh actually has hung out with uh George before at uh, oh nice because right, George lives in Albuquerque. Oh, okay. And through the circles that Craig uh, travels through doing a lot of the Comic-Cons in Albuquerque and stuff, he's encountered George and like hung out at game night with him and uh, listening to him, awesome. there, there's no work being done at all on any book. He's Oh, yeah. George is the laziest fucker on the planet. Like, yeah. it took him, what, like 16 years to finish one of the books?
1: <laughs> yeah, and he did mention that, With the the TV series, Mm -hmm. he was kind of because, of course, the TV series end is preceding hit the end of his books. Right, he admitted he he admitted that he was gonna be like, okay, just you guys write an ending, and see how it flies. (laughs) And he's he's actually gonna base his ending on how the series ends. And you know, like, oh, of course, with all of this backlash, he's going to probably do the <laughs> exact opposite of what the TV series. Yeah, because it was
0: a dumpster fire. I mean, but he, he, he did wait on purpose.
1: Yeah, he was waiting on purpose to see. Okay, okay, you guys, end it. <laughs> and he was just like, you know, eating his popcorn in the background, waiting to see, is this a good ending? Is a bad ending? So it was a very bad ending. So obviously, I think when he gets around to writing the final book it's definitely not going to be how the tv series no, ended oh it
0: can't be because the tv series was like a pile of shit yeah i mean it, it was good. good the model. first
1: two seasons, three seasons <laughs> maybe <laughs> when it followed the books it was pretty good
0: oh man i've been going back through and uh rewatching episodes of voyager and next generation hmm. Uh, in the abundance of free time that we now have, me especially, you know, being jobless and all, and it's actually kind of sad. Like watching as much TNG, you start to realize how much kind of an accidental loser that Geordi LaForge is. Oh yeah, like
1: he's like the, he's like the nutty professor, like
0: not not even only, the nutty professor. Only smart. <laughs> like, it's it's just like oh man, like there's some episodes where I'm like oh, that was really cringy. Like, why did they go that direction with that character?
1: And he's socially, he's completely socially awkward.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he's socially completely out of touch. Which is kind of funny then that he's one of the ones that instigates all the uh, harassing of poor uh, Lieutenant Barkley. Oh, yeah. Or Broccoli, if you prefer. Well,
1: he found somebody that was more awkward than him. (laughs)
0: Right, yeah, he's like, oh, hey, somebody that can look like more of a loser than me for a while. Yeah, despite the fact that I think Barkley's become one of the most beloved characters from the show.
1: Yeah, I think he was the most relatable. He was because I mean, when you when you think like the first time you saw the holodeck and what it could do, yeah, like everybody would do exactly what Barkley did.
0: Of course they would.
1: (laughs) So he's like the most relatable.
0: I mean, isn't the joke that like the day holodecks are invented is the day humanity dies.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be ideal for a pandemic situation.
0: Right. Exactly. Everybody
1: would be like shelter in place. Hell yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that for the rest (laughs) of my my life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be in my holodeck.
0: Well, and especially if you could have like holographic avatars out in the real world interacting for you, if they had like mobile emitters, doctor on Voyager, then no problem. You get like. But
1: then they'd be hacked like Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which, it's kind of ironic that we're using Zoom as the platform here for doing this podcast episode.
1: Yeah. I don't care about <laughs> I mean, that way. yeah, again, it's we like we don't have oh, any sensitive information that we're transmitting. No, we don't.
0: I I <laughs> all of our spreadsheets and flow charts that we're using here to uh yeah. demonstrate how uh actually want this to go out
1: into the internet. What's that? Like into we actually want this to go out in the, exactly. internet, in the dark We want this net, information. To deep web. Go. <laughs> we want deep web exposure.
0: I don't know about that. I don't want to be targeted by the deep <laughs> web. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, actually, since the last time we recorded, uh, I actually had a social security scare. Somebody used my social oh, security damn. number to open up a fraudulent <laughs> Verizon account, which went uh delinquent and oh, man i it hit my credit rating by like 60 fucking points oh geez and so i'm like looking up and first off did it get
1: uh, did it get investigated and reversed or? so yeah
0: i i did all the things you're supposed to do i locked down my credit everywhere i went on the uh, identitytheft.org website and register all my information and everything and eventually um i i went into a Verizon store and i contacted them i'm like hey i need you to tell me who opened this account cuz this isn't mine and this fucked up my credit and for the most part they were fairly cooperative there was some information that obviously they couldn't give me um yeah yeah but they were able to give me enough information that i was able to get like everything shut down and but uh, fuck you verizon um apparently all it takes is like a month of delinquency for an account before they'll just send your shit to a credit. Your... Yeah. Uh, our collection agency like they they didn't waste any time on that. And the thing was, after I talked to them, they're like, oh, yeah, we realized about a week after this account was signed up that it was fraudulent. And I'm like, then why did you send it to a collection agency? Yeah. You assholes. Why um, didn't
1: you send out a fraud notification?
0: Yeah. Well, and the only reason I noticed that was because uh, every now and then when I log into my uh, banking apps, it says, oh, there's been an update to your credit score. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go check it out. And, like, all of a sudden it was dropped by, like, 60 fucking points. I'm like, geez. Um man yeah that was fun
1: i'm like i'm like one point away from 800 i need to find out oh, how i well, can get one point <laughs> of credit
0: uh, i just want to hit
1: that magic 800 any credit card number.
0: payments you need to make
1: uh i made them all <laughs> i'm just I mean, continuing to make basically
0: them. yeah just buy something on your credit card and then pay it off immediately you know as long as that's, you have the cash to do it and then that's, that's usually true. what
1: i do yeah yeah. It'll probably take me a little bit, but I'll get that point.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, my wife's philosophy is always uh, you don't buy something on credit unless you have the cash to pay it back immediately.
1: Yeah. The only reason yeah.
0: you'd use credit for it is to earn the points that you get from it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but, the, the credit card I use right now is to get points. for Yeah. To get reward points.
0: I mean, at this point, we uh, prior to lockdown, we had – a week's worth of free Marriott points to stay at like a Sheraton Kwaipu in Kauai. Kauai. So that's probably something we're going to do once travel is like authorized and it is actually safe to do, you know, probably sometime middle of next year.
1: That'd be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. I need a week and uh, vacation in Hawaii.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, so the big uh, announcement home project wise is we got a quote for getting central air installed.
1: Oh, Nice my mom so, got that done.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we're going to put that on the card and now probably get us probably a full week's worth again of Marriott. Oh, sweet. Conference. Um but yeah, I don't know if you saw the forecast but it's supposed to be in the hundreds for the next like 3 days. or <laughs> yeah, like yeah. in the near hundreds.
1: My mom we we put uh central AC in my mom's place nice. about 6 months ago. Yeah.
0: Nice. And the thing is we're not even planning on using it extensively it's really for the days where it's blazingly hot out and then at the end of the day it hasn't cooled down enough for us to be able to use our whole house fan
1: yeah yeah because yeah i mean we're in the we're in the bay area so the <laughs> heat wave for us is maybe like three days of you know two yeah. days of triple digits maybe three days and then it cools off right off so californians <sighs> yeah, can't handle the i wouldn't heat. say it
0: cools right <laughs> off <laughs> there it, it cools down a bit but yeah Yeah. actually now they're saying 94 but it's not like
1: arizona or texas heat
0: oh god no yeah both of those places uh it's supposed to be 94 tomorrow 100 on tuesday 98 on wednesday 96 on thursday and then 89 on friday and then below 80 next saturday
1: start cooling off next weekend yeah that's cool we got that little window ac unit plugged in so
0: nice yeah, because you guys, uh, your house definitely doesn't have central air. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have
1: a central vent system.
0: Yeah. And see, that that's the one lucky thing is that we do have a furnace and all the ducting already. So they mm-hmm. don't need to do anything along those lines. We just have to have them they just add, install the yeah. condenser.
1: That's a condenser. That's what they did at my mom's. My mom's actually, when we bought the heater, I don't know. Must have been 15, 20 years ago when we bought it, we bought it uh, with the space to be able to put an AC in above it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for ours, they're going to have to take the furnace out and then mount uh, whatever box is going in under it, and then the main unit will sit outside uh, by the garage, and then they'll pipe into the rest of it. So nice i'm looking forward to that because i have a feeling the summer's <laughs> yeah. stupidly hot
1: yeah i think the summer's gonna be a hot one
0: yeah
1: although I mean, they, they were talking about i don't know if you read about it i read about uh the reduced solar some, activity yeah there's a solar event yeah. that's going on that's what it is is it it's
0: here i can pull it up like they I, haven't
1: they haven't seen a solar flare like in a few months or something
0: like that yeah, Where, so like, I message,
1: the Sun's basically taking a breather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right?
0: it's, it's kinda it's kinda chilling. Uh I mess it it's
1: supposed it. it's supposed to make it really cold actually.
0: It is. Well, so yeah, uh the last time something like this happened, there was like snow in July in like New York State. It was like,
1: it was like late eighteen hundreds or early nineteen hundreds last time it happened, like Nineteen, yeah. 19 <gasps> twelve oh, or nineteen oh six or something like that. Let's see. And then before that, it was the eighteen hundreds. So we're kind of due for it. It's like every <laughs>
0: we're due for every every
1: hundred years. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay, we're we're due for like you know, the big one earthquake. The
1: big earthquake. Yeah. We're
0: we're due for you know uh, was it the the super the Valley, Mount St Helens
1: going up? No, yeah,
0: not Mount St Helens now. Uh, it's uh, Yellowstone.
1: Oh, Yellowstone. Yeah, 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 yeah. super
0: volcano caldera under Yellowstone. that they're like, yeah, oh, be yeah. like several hundred years or so. Um Yeah, okay. So the sun has entered a lockdown period uh where it's reduced solar activity as part of an 11-year cycle. A solar minimum, years. meaning yeah. activity on its surface has fallen. Uh There's been a recession with very low sunspots. Uh, ch- 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 the sun's magnetic field has become weak, allowing extra cosmic rays into the solar system, which of course poses an uh, additional health hazard for astronauts and polar air travelers, and could uh, trigger additional lightning. Which I wouldn't mind that; I'd be okay with yeah. a couple lightning and thunderstorms around here. But yeah, when is it um, supposed
1: to like affect us though? Like now? It's
0: definitely uh, yeah, not it would be affecting, affecting us now right now. Late spring, early summer. So. It's funny. So the the article I'd send Craig actually has like an uh, addendum to it. And it says a previous version of this article included misleading claims that the current solar minimum may be linked to extreme cold weather loss okay. and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions the scientific consensus disagrees with these claims and the article's <laughs> been amended so well it's it's not going to be as extreme as the the doom and gloom that they were first uh but that's
1: not newsworthy that's like corona right you gotta you gotta <laughs> create create catastrophe where's the fear newsworthy yeah <laughs>
0: Where's the <laughs> fear?
1: yeah but we are in a solar minimum
0: i guess we are in a solar minimum so it it does mean that like there's gonna be extra cosmic rays and that there may be additional lightning and uh, danger to astronauts. In there. Am I gonna
1: turn into the Hulk? Do I get Hulk cosmic rays?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, right?
1: Everybody's gonna get uh, mutant powers now, man, because we got uh, more dude, cosmic rays. The way
0: 2020 has been going, uh, it totally would not be outside the realm of possibility that we all fucking Hulk up. Yeah. I just want to be fucking Tony Stark. The yeah. Iron Man? Actually, no, I don't, because he dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, anything else on your mind?
1: No. Nothing <laughs> I can think of right now.
0: Any ghost stuff?
1: We went off for a bit. That was yeah. good. Yeah, hopefully we can get back into a regular schedule.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking like uh, if you're down like every weekend or so, we can maybe meet up on Zoom for you know 45 minutes, an hour, or so and we can Hammer yeah. out an episode that we'd be able to do, uh, send out and uh, yeah. uh, inform folk that we're actually not dead.
1: Yeah, you know you we're, can we're uh,
0: surviving. You
1: can, yeah, you can intersperse those with the classic episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that we haven't released. Right. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, speaking of podcasts, uh, a couple things. Uh, there's a great new podcast by the name of Fake Doctors Real Friends, and it's uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison.
1: Who oh, nice.
0: of course starred as uh, JD and Turk on the legendary series Scrubs. They are oh, actually doing an episode review podcast.
1: Oh so nice. Going are they gonna and, is it one that, podcast per episode or
0: it's one podcast episode per episode of Scrubs? Oh nice. And they've had that's cool. so far they've had Judy Rays, who played Carla, they've had Bill Lawrence, the creator of the show, they've had Johnny C. McGinley, who was Dr. Cox. They've had uh, Sarah Chalk who played Elliot Reed, and they're going to be having Robert Macchio (laughs) who played the Todd. Uh, Neil Flanagan the janitor is going to be on. Uh, They're going to try and get Ken Jenkins who played uh, Dr. Kelso. And so each episode, yeah, they have a special guest and they talk about the episodes and last, uh, most recent episode I listened to, they actually had the director of the episode on. uh, And so asked him, you know, uh, what's the challenges of directing and Uh, he talked about like the first episode that he had directed was actually of sex in the city. Mm. And he was both DP and director on that too. Something they devised nobody ever tried to do because it was just way too overwhelming. It was really, really fascinating uh, listening to the process. And they talk about how, you know, the first director of a series really gets to kind of set the tone and the visual look of the show and Mm. like, you know, the devices that they're going to use in the show. Like, so, you know, if they're going to have like cutaways or fantasy sequences or kind of bizarre little things that kind of intersperse and everything, uh, the really the first director or first couple directors kind of get to set that language of the show. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that podcast. And then there's another one called The Delta Flyers. And it's uh, Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wang, who played Thomas Paris and uh, Ensign Harry Kim, oh nice and they are also doing an episode review and each episode of their podcast is an episode review of star trek voyager oh nice yeah so obviously both uh, podcast shows are still within their first season uh scrubs i think they're finished uh doing their 14th episode and delta flyers they're on their fourth i think but it's kind of cool uh after the fact getting to hear people who are involved in these shows talk about it and do a retrospective and like memories of everything that they worked on and did
1: yeah and uh, um another one is um it's called the darkest timeline and it's darkest um timeline. yeah it's called uh it's uh with ken jong and joe McHale from community
0: yes yes i saw and about that yeah they're,
1: yep they're actually podcasting together now and yeah they're, they're not they're... doing an episode by episode but they they do answer like uh, Fan questions, questions about, That's awesome. about community and stuff yeah
0: yeah that's uh on fake doctors uh real friends they're also uh each episode they uh actually interface a uh fan uh have them join their zoom call and oh nice and get to ask a question and get to chat with them and so far there's been a, a couple of people who like set up a surprise zoom for uh their partner for their anniversary and it's been really wholesome and great yeah yeah Although I'm pissed, uh, were you aware of the uh, YouTube show by John Krasinski called uh, "Some Good News"? No. So he was doing this YouTube show called "Some Good News" uh, or SGN for short, and it was uh, him trying to find positive news stories in oh, the end <laughs> of the pandemic. And he would like talk about it, and he'd be like, "Oh, you know, there are these cool things that people are doing in their community." But then he would do like these really awesome things for people, so like. Uh, one of them was it was this little girl who she had tickets to see Hamilton this spring and obviously all of Broadway is dark and there was no way that they were going to be able to see Hamilton so Mm -hmm. John Krasinski had the entire original cast of Hamilton join the Zoom call and perform a song with Lin-Manuel Miranda for this little girl Mm -hmm. Um, and he would do like each episode he kind of outdid himself and like kept doing more and more and there was kind of like this like all right what's he going to be able to do next week to top himself because every time <laughs> you yeah. watch it, you're like oh man he's doing such a killer job uh it was just announced this week that he sold the show to cbs all access oh um, man and he'll be re- he'll be like on the production staff but he won't be hosting it anymore that was also part mm. of the charm was he was hosting it out of his house uh and just oh, wow. filming it with like a couple iphones and then editing it all together and posting it and um one of the gags is he would be wearing like a suit up top like a jacket and a tie and a shirt and then at the end he'd stand up and he'd be wearing like boxers underneath uh, <laughs> yeah because you know nobody needs pants in this brave new world that we live in <laughs> and yeah. um yeah so he sold to cbs all access so now like you have to pay to be able to see it which oh, man. it just kind of ruins the whole spirit of it like yeah uh it's disappointing <laughs> I digress oh well
1: all right okay got yeah got a mosey out of here
0: all right well let's try to make so. this a weekly thing i think that would be awesome yeah. uh like okay. i said i'm gonna edit this and throw in our theme and i don't okay. really think i need to do any editing uh maybe like just pulling out like awkward pauses but i don't think we even had any
1: <laughs> yeah, i don't know just but, look for uh, look for any dips in the wave. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> any, any any valleys, uh, yeah. in the, the wave form. Uh, yeah. And yeah, but yeah, we should we should start this up again because uh, I miss chatting with you, and I don't know if yeah. our do we have an audience. I mean, we had people listening to our episodes. Yeah, uh, no, we'll build it. Yeah, we'll build it back up.
1: We we'll make it, they will come. We'll do it live. Yeah, we'll do it live.
0: <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Cool all right dude well it was awesome chatting with you
1: yeah you too
0: and we'll uh meet up and uh rap about stuff at a hopefully near future date yeah yeah cool
1: we'll hook it up all right
0: cool cool uh we'll do an outro uh this has been an episode of talk spot brand new episode new yeah. premium content uh <laughs> we, we took a hiatus but we're back and we're better than yeah. ever or yeah slightly mediocre
1: well better than some what's that maybe not that good I don't know <laughs> <laughs> one of those it,
0: it's something it's it's better than nothing yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's better than nothing yep that's <laughs> our new tagline <laughs> there we go <laughs>
0: it's better than, it's better nothing. than silence yeah <laughs> actually I might I might put that in the uh, descriptor for the episode is that, yeah. or no, that that'll be the title uh, this yeah. episode will be it's better than nothing it's better than nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Catch you later, dude. All right.